If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 530. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show. This one for February 8th, 2022. Ryan McCaffrey alongside the usual crew, Miranda Sanchez, Destin Legary, and Stella Chung. Hey, uh, Miranda, I want to start with you because for everybody that hung in for the entire episode last week, <laughs> they know that uh, we, we sort of teased uh, a, a cliffhanger of sorts. And you have delivered. You have, so we talked about the, if you want, I don't know if you want to recap it again real quick, but Microsoft uh, partnered up and did a, some, some Xbox-themed nail polishes, which you have. Yeah, so I got six of the collection, which is quite a lot. So the the big draw to these is one they're na- they're just like loosely named after Xbox things. So here's I did my nails. Uh, I'm trying to hold them. If you guys aren't watching, I have three nail polishes in my hands right now. It's very goofy, um, but OPI is one of the better nail polish brands, I would say. So here we are, yay! Um, the one that I have right now on most of my hands, so I did like three different colors so I could show them off. I did these on Saturday and they're lasting really well. Uh, this one's called You Had Me at Halo, which is a really beautiful <laughs> blue, glittery. It's like kind of Cortana colored in a way. It's like got a beautiful sparkle to it. Um, and then there's this other one that is called Sage Simulation, which is another more Halo-esque one. So it's kind of a partnership with Microsoft and focusing on Halo and Forza. So both of them have in-game rewards, but of course the Halo one's the one I want because you get a glittery Spartan that's purple. And I was like, yes, thank you. (laughs) So that Um, looks like the color of like the Halo logo, right? It's like, it's that kind of blue. Yes, it's a lighter blue and it's pretty cool because it has sort of like green tones to it. It's really hard to show on camera, but that looks nice. And then this one is just a very light green, which is called the pass is always greener. So that's a that's a fun one, too. (laughs) But um, yeah, so it's just cool to have nail polish that's themed after my controllers and stuff. So like when I hold like any little bits around my desk. I'm like, oh, yes, look at my nails. I'm ready to be a gamer. Um, But I I think the thing, too, is like 
having a nail polish collaboration sort of a big deal because I was somebody, especially grew up, I loved nail polish collaborations. I kind of touched on this at the last uh, in the last episode, but having Xbox say, hello, folks who wear nail polish, here you go. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> so especially because I get a, a special Halo skin that I think not a lot of people are going to have unless they have other fellows buying nail polish for them. Or you could also just buy nail polish, guys. Just yes, wear it. No, why not? Yeah. Miranda, are you, are, are you always going to do all the colors or is there one that you like the most? Um, so I have three more. There's a red color that I'm really excited to try. I don't have their names with me. I forgot to bring them over. Um, but I think is I like to do... Is it Red Death? <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh, it would have been really funny. so good. Um, no, I'll probably do like a few different every time just because I think they look really good together and like the three or the six that I got kind of look like a set, so... Um, I'll keep mixing it up. Nail polish lasts a long time and it takes a long time to get through all of it. So <laughs> I'll have a the lot big, of different colors. The big thing I'm taking away from this, not knowing a thing about nail polish is <laughs> that you're, you're saying uh, that Microsoft didn't just like partner up with some cheap, you know, this isn't like a cash grab. It sounds like it's actual good quality nail polish. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that was really exciting for me because OPI is like one of the more it's very goofy to say, one of the premier nail polish brands. So being able to have something that's like that, because it, it feels more marketed to, say, you know, adults and more mature women who have probably been gaming all their life and then saying, like, hey, here's for you. And then you can get some exclusive stuff in, in game, too. And it was just nice to see that. Have you unlocked the, the in-game cosmetics yet? Like, have so you seen them? I have the code. I just have to redeem it. So I'm probably okay. going to do that tonight and go around in halo <laughs> all right well maybe maybe on your twitter feed you can post uh, yes. a screen grab of it because I'm, I'm curious to see what the uh the in-game reward is yeah all right moving forward this week uh destin have we had any acquisitions in the last five minutes that we need to <laughs> yeah, know about before geez. we continue with the show <laughs> not yet i could check twitter really <laughs> quick say, maybe something's mm, broke check we didn't start the show girl. so yeah it's 11 17 a.m on uh, on tuesday <laughs> we got to make sure that nobody's bought anyone before we proceed with the rest of the show because we do have a big topic this week uh which is grand theft auto 6 it's not been officially announced but it's been officially acknowledged by Rockstar <laughs> for the first time. With the unprecedented longevity of GTA V, they, this, is, this is Rockstar talking in a, in a bulletin that they sent out uh, just this week. We know many of you have been asking us about a new entry in the Grand Theft Auto series. With every new project we embark on, our goal is always to significantly move beyond what we have previously delivered. And we are pleased to confirm that active development for the next entry in the Grand Theft Auto series is well underway. We look forward to sharing more as soon as we are ready. So please stay tuned to the Rockstar Newswire for official details. On behalf of our entire team, we thank you all for your support and cannot wait to step into the future with you. There is a lot to talk about here. Uh, and I'll start with Stella since uh, I have uh, not talked to her yet today. So Stella, your, your initial reaction here, I guess the, the first kind of question I'll go around the table is, okay, it's been acknowledged, but not announced. So when do you think we might actually see this thing? When might it actually come out? I don't know. At this point, I'm just tabling it in my mind. I'm just like, until I see like actual official uh, 
news on it i'm like you know it's fine whatever acknowledgement okay cool we kind of knew that it was happening anyway so i'm just like oh you're working on the next oh no who could have thought you know (laughs) uh so for me i'm just like you know what it's what gta 5 released in 2013 i'm like it has gone for a really long time and it still continues to do well for them so (laughs) i'm like i Genuinely don't know. Um, I want to say maybe like two, three years if they're just acknowledging that they're working on it now. I want to say at least two years. Um, that's kind of my guess. And I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm just tabling it in my head. I'm just like, I, I don't want to lean on anything right now. I'll just say that it's out there. It is in development and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm thinking holiday 2024 is probably the soonest we'd actually get to see this thing. <laughs> Destin, how about you? What's... uh? Are you any more optimistic that we might see like a shorter, uh, you know, sort of marketing timeline because they're still going to want to keep people engaged in spending money in GTAO? Or what's your take on on when we might actually see Grand Theft Auto 6 in our on our hard drives? Well, I, for one, am shocked that Grand Theft Auto 6 is in development. They could have been working (laughs) on anything like we had no clue. And wow, who knew? Uh, yeah, I, I don't think we actually see gameplay or a trailer for two years. I, I sort of agree with Stella with the timeline. I think we're going to get a lot of like, we'll probably get a screenshot or maybe we get like a teaser <laughs> of a logo. I don't really know what they're going to do. They still have to deal with the sort of uproar about how bad the the ports of the old games were, mm. which they've addressed with a lot of patches, to be fair. But there's still work to do there. So, you know. I think they want to get away from that. So two years is my timeline. Miranda, are you any more optimistic? No. <laughs> Cause, well, because we got Red Dead in 2018. So, I mean, obviously they have, Rockstar is rather large. Um, and obviously they've been working on this for a very long time, I'm sure. But I'm going to push the boundaries and I'm going to say, wait, what, what year is it? 2022? Oh, jam. Okay. I was say, wait, next year's 10 years since the last it GTA. Is. Wow. Okay. I would say, let's go for 10 years. I was like, no, that's next year. That's too soon. (laughs) uh, Let's say, well, put them two years. Let's say 2024. Sure. Two years. No. Yeah. Let's say 2025. Let's make it cool. (laughs) Yeah. I can't, uh, I can't argue with, with any of you. I mean, um, and, and Miranda, I'm glad you brought up Red Dead in the sense that the difference now uh, from from when GTA Five came, I guess I don't know if they'd already quite made this change as a as a company. Uh, talking about Rockstar by 2013, but in any case, the reality now is that Rockstar. You know, it used to be there was Rockstar North, they did GTA, Rockstar San Diego, they did Red Dead, Rockstar Vancouver did Bully, and I think maybe Max Payne. I can't remember if they were Max Payne Three or not. Uh, San Diego way in the past before Red Dead did Midnight Club. But now Rockstar is basically one giant studio in a bunch of different cities that works on one thing at a time. Uh, now, it's not to say, you know, as Destin brought up the the remaster of the trilogy, that was, that was handled by one of the studios. But as far as new uh-huh. big games, it seems to be it's one at a time and the pattern seems to be GTA alternating with Red Dead. And as Miranda noted, uh, Red Dead 2 was 2018. So, you know, it's going to be at least five years between a major rock star release. So, yeah, I mean, next year would be the 
absolute earliest, which of course would be the, it would be the 10th anniversary, but yeah. I, I am with all of three of you. I don't think, I think 2024 is the, the earliest we would see it. And uh, my, my guess is it'll, it may get announced for like holiday 2024 mm -hmm. and then probably need to delay into spring of 2025, um, which Wait, when I say 2025 out loud, that sounds it's really very weird. far it's away. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just saying I, that out loud, it's like, that seems like the future. Like I keep thinking last year was 2020. I'm like, wait, no, it was 2021. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> well, this this year is going to be the marketing for the next next gen release, right? I don't think they're going to yeah. muddle that up with GTA 6. Uh, I believe they announced in their earnings call like yesterday that they're going to focus on Red Dead Online being like a standalone experience in GTA online being a standalone experience, I think. Don't quote me on that. Um, <laughs> but I have to imagine that we get a few years of that. And Red Dead Online right now, the community is desperately asking for them to do something about the state of the game. Yep. So hopefully that will be addressed sometime soon. But like I said, I think they want to focus on a few of their initiatives that are happening right now. And that's additionally part of the reason why i think it's going to take two years before we see anything about gta 6 they want to make sure red dead's in a good place gta online is in a good place the the old regen the old remasters uh are back in a good place and that the next gen version of the games launches for the third time and goes off without a snag by the way destin i know that was like a slip of the tongue but i i want to endorse can we start calling these kinds of you know uh releases of old games can we start calling them regens right yeah because it, it, works. Works. it totally it works kind of really yeah. good yeah <laughs> yeah sure. i love it um all right so we're all in agreement that we're not going to see six for quite some time but and that sort of goes into the next question i want to go around the table with and that is do all of you what do you all think of this this extended time it is going to be a minimum of 10 years possibly 11, possibly 12 between Grand Theft Auto 5 and Grand Theft Auto 6. Do you think that that gap will hurt the sort of hype and interest in GTA 6? Or will that, uh, will that long gap create a, a thirst and it will actually help its, its hype and marketing? Stella, I'll go your way first. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's helping or hurting, honestly. I think it's kind of just a neutral territory. Like, they're, they're definitely giving GTA V, you know, run of the money. Like, they're letting people enjoy it. And it, it stands, it, it's fine, right? I mean, so we were kind of having this discussion last week about Call of Duty, how pumping out titles every year is a lot, doesn't really let the game sit. Of course, GTA V has been sitting for a little bit too long. Um, but, like, the fact that people are still enjoying it, the fact that there are mods like No Pixel and stuff that let people RP in GTA is huge. So there is still a very big community that plays GTA actively. Um, I don't think that, okay... So if this was something like cyberpunk where they released a bunch of stuff and we're like, hey, yeah, this is going to be out. Look at all this cool stuff. And if we were expecting things from GTA 6, then yes, I think that this amount of time that they are spending between five and six would hurt them. But because we have nothing, we have no expectations, we have no information. I think it's fine. So I think we're just kind of in this neutral, like waiting uh, territory where it's just like, oh, I mean, it's it sucks, but 
I mean, we don't know what city it's going to be. We have literally no information about the next title. We have nothing. So it's like, okay, well, cool. They're working on it. I guess we'll just see what they have next. So I, I think it's just kind of like, meh. <laughs> so it's, you know, if, if this is Star Trek, we're in the neutral zone right now. So, yeah, there you go. Fair to say. Destin, your thoughts. And, we, and I know you brought up uh, the GTA V next-gen release. We'll, we're going to talk more about that in a minute because Rockstar did finally give some concrete updates there too. But what do you think? Uh, help or hurt this with this long delay? Yeah, I think it's really going to hurt Grand Theft Auto, the biggest. <laughs> we, they literally said, yeah, we confirm we're working on Grand Theft Auto 6. And it was like the biggest story of the day, <laughs> at least, if not the week. So I think it's going to be just fine. I highly doubt that there's going to see they're going to see even the smallest impact to having a, a longer development cycle. If anything, I think people are going to be more hyped, Ryan. Okay. I, I think people will yeah. be more excited than anything. Miranda, how about you? I would say Stella makes an excellent point and that there have been no promises made of anything. And because of that, I think that's better goodwill toward whatever could come. Um, so since we don't have any expectations aside from the standard that GTA five and all the previous GTA set, which is a pretty high standard, uh, we can just only look forward to what's coming rather than having to be worried about anything. Yeah. How do they, how do they improve from five? Cause I'm watching this footage right now. And I'm just like, this game is just amazing. Like what they were able to accomplish. And then there's the heist and all the things that they've done with GTA online. Like what, like how do they go up from here? Cause the bar is set so high. Well, and, and that's, that's what GTA does, right? They have like, you know, when rockstar says in their, in their statement, Mm -hmm. Our goal is always to significantly move beyond what we have previously delivered. Like that's marketing hyperbole for like 95% of video games, but they've actually done it. In my opinion, mm -hmm. I, I've said before, I'll say right now again, I think Grand Theft Auto 5 is one of the probably 10 or 20 greatest video games of all time. Um, I think it's that good. And, and to your point, Destin, it's crazy to remember that this game came out originally on the 360. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the 360. That's how like that's how good this game is and that's how old this game is at this point and it you know they of course brought it over to Xbox 1 with a first person mode among other enhancements and we're going to talk in a minute about the enhancements it's getting as it crosses over into another another new generation <laughs> joining I guess De uh, Destin is is, is it going to be GTA V and Destiny? Are those the, the only two three-generation games? Oh, well, Destiny Maybe Minecraft, right? Destiny is pretty different of a, of a case because it's like a World of Warcraft-type game that's just consistently updated, right? But True. I get what you're saying. So, like, Destiny started on 360. Yeah. And then, yeah, jeez. Well, or there was that's a 360 version, right? I mean, it really... Yeah. It started as an Xbox One PS4 game, but they they did support the 360 for a while there. Yeah, I never even thought about that, Ryan. That's <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's that's interesting to think about. Uh, wow. So this is this is what though. So it went 360 to Xbox One. Now it's going from Xbox One to Xbox Series X and S. Plus, they did the PC version of the game. Like they re-released this game so many times to the point that people are like. I think they're fatigued about GTA five re-releases because <laughs> like I said before, like the game's already stunning. Yes. The PC version and the first person modes, when those were added, that was pretty cool stuff. But since then, I think like the interest level is slightly lessened each time. 
But when they do expansions like the recent Dr. Dre stuff, yeah. people are still really, really into those. But when you're talking about like technical enhancements, I feel like they're kind of like <laughs> the best in the business already. So like oh you made it somehow better right <laughs> yeah. yeah you hit on you hit on exactly a point that i was going to bring up which is uh that yeah like there is this kind of uh core community backlash against like oh gta 5 again mm-hmm. which you might think on the surface oh well that's gonna hurt gta 6's hype and interest after all these years of waiting for it but no, I, I'm with Stella that like as, as soon as there is actual information about GTA 6, all that will melt away instantaneously mm-hmm. and everyone, myself very much included, is going to get uh, start getting super hyped for this. Um, note that, by the way, uh, of, of major franchises, there's a, there is a major series that, that is an Xbox exclusive now, by the way, that will actually go longer than Grand Theft Auto 5 to 6 between its own 5th and 6th mainline release and that's Elder Scrolls because it's although for a completely different reason right for Grand Theft Auto it's been this long because GTA Online has turned into this living entity that makes them endless amounts of cash on a monthly basis but with Elder Scrolls it's because it's Todd Howard's baby there's only one Todd Howard and he was busy with Fallout 4 and now uh, Starfield. But that's like, you think about that too, just as a quick tangent. Elder Scrolls is probably going to be 15 years. Think wow. about that. 15 years between, because it's 2011 with Skyrim. And yes, that's been re-released a million times. <laughs> but if, you know, Starfield's hopefully going to be out this year as promised. And then let's say... Elder Scrolls, you know, we know they're going right into Elder Scrolls after that. When I when I t- interviewed Todd Howard for Skyrim's 10th anniversary last fall, he said they're in pre-production on Elder Scrolls 6 right now. But it's going to be at least three years of full and proper development, if not four, uh, but before Elder Scrolls 6 actually comes out. So if Starfield is, th- is 2022, you're looking at like 2025 or 2026. So yeah, you're looking at 14 or 15 years between uh, mainline entries there, which which will make it will make GT the wait for GTA six seem tame by comparison. Uh, all right. The next now let's let's have a little more fun with this. Uh, now that we know GTA six is officially <laughs> a real thing and the countdown of sorts is on, even though there are still a lot of sands in that hourglass at the top of the hourglass. Uh, where do you all think it's going to be set? Miranda, do you think uh, they'll go back to one of their existing cities, perhaps Vice City? Are they going to go somewhere new? What do you say? New. And I have a hope. I have a hope. I would like for them to take it to the sister state of California, which is not technically a sister state, but in my mind it is, which is Texas. Um, So I grew up in Texas, love Texas. I always remember... Everyone who came to our school who was new, they were always from California. Like there's just such a weird crossover between Texas and California. And I I think Texas as a state has a lot of interesting history and places to visit. Also, maybe a space station where you could do some cool GTA space things potentially (laughs) since we get so many space Easter eggs. Like there's just so much there and options and like 
locales that they could use that I think it would just be a really interesting and versatile space for them to satire and play around with. Uh, also, I would, well, I guess this is a character thing, but I would like a cool Chola character, please. Thank you. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk characters in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I, I, I like that thought because you could do, you know, you kind of reference Houston. You could go, you could go the GTA versions of Houston, San Antonio with the Alamo, mm-hmm. uh, Dallas, and even you could throw Austin in there too as kind of the like four different big cities. Plus, of course, the 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 vast desert, the vast you know, the a vast lot of space west. out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Texas could be good. I like that. There's there's you know, huge, there's there's a body of water there. You'd have a Gulf. Uh, you could do some you know jet ski stuff and other sort of uh, aquatic based missions. So. I, I, that could be, that's a good suggestion. I like that one. Destin, how about you? Where are we going? Where do you want to go for GTA 6? I think we go back to Vice City. I know a lot of the community has been talking about Vice City as a location, you know, posting Photoshop logos of what that would look like. And I, I think we go back to Vice City and we see like what happened since the adventures of Tommy Versetti. Personally, though, I think they could do something as interesting as doing the entirety of the United States, like all of the locations in one game, because that would be one way where they are pushing the technology forward. You talk about one location like Texas, it gives them like a lot to do narratively with with the satire and humor that they're able to execute on. Um but I think they did that like in the 360 era and before where they would pick sort of one location due to limitations. And as the technology has gotten more powerful, I wonder if they're able to do more with an entire uh, like United States potentially. Texas is huge is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. But like a desert area, I have to imagine like in San Andreas, a lot of that, like if you go back and play those games now, there's a lot of... Um, how do I put it? Like there's not a lot going on in those areas in the desert areas. And I wonder Mm -hmm. if that was partially done because of the technical constraints at the time. Oh, for sure. And now they don't really have those constraints. So what could they do with a desert area? Even can they just have more areas populating the world that they choose to make? I'd be really curious to see whatever they have in store for us. I'm excited to see it. I'll just say that. Mm. Uh, yeah, speaking of satire, by the way, like GTA, that's always been its st- strong suit narratively, right? It's a, it's, it's mm-hmm. just such a hilarious satire of whatever sort of <laughs> moment in pop culture or moment in time and place uh, of of when the game comes out. I don't know how they satire <laughs> this decade and this time we live in. We kind of live in like. Every day is a satire. Like when you look at what's happening in the world around you, uh, it's there's. Uh, I wonder where they're going to go with that. But uh, Stella, how about you in terms of setting here? Where do you want to see GTA Six go? I mean, I don't know. So I guess, I guess um, for the states, it would be kind of cool to see Chicago or New York, just because it is such like a compact city. Uh, so there definitely would be a lot to do. Um, I, when Dustin was talking about like open, um, what is it like desert areas? I was like, Oh yeah, Vegas would definitely not work because that's like one cluster. And then everything else is just nothing. Desert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> There's nothing. Um, but yeah, I feel like Chicago or New York might be kind of cool, but if they were to go international, I honestly would love to see like a South Korea sort of landscape because there's a lot, mm. there are mountains, there are rural areas, there are like farms, but then there's also like 
massive cities with huge skyscrapers. And I'm like, I feel like that would do really well in uh, a GTA-like story. Uh, just because there's so much that you can do. You know, you have the subway systems, you have like the highways and all that stuff and just everything, like so much room for so many activities. So yeah, that's that's kind of more my selfish wishful thinking so (laughs) that's what we're here for yeah i mean a a lot of fans have been calling for gta to leave the united states for a while i mean there's there's so many amazing cities and places worldwide that could be incredible settings they did london they did london way back in the day that's true in the pre-3d days yeah back when it was a top-down game yeah Uh, they did indeed do london yeah i uh i mean of course you know new york was was effectively for GTA four with Lib- going back to Liberty city. I can't imagine they would do Liberty city again, uh, but I-, I will say selfishly, I, I am probably in the, the minority camp here. I don't want them to go back to vice city because mm. uh, I-, I think the reason that most people love vice city is because of Tommy Versetti, because of the 80s setting, like the, the, the style, just the sheer style of that game uh, it w- I mean, it was a vibe, right? That game was a vibe. <laughs> but the geography, I w- that's my thing with Vice City is it is geographically, in my opinion, the least interesting Grand Theft Auto game. And it's not even close. It's a it's a flat rectangle. That's all it is. There are no hills. There are no like there's just not a lot of interesting geography to traverse. And when you look at what they just did with Grand Theft Auto five with this sort of greater you know, Los Angeles area, there's just so much there. There's so much going on. I don't, I am not wanting to see Vice City from a geographic perspective. I have no doubt that it would, there'd be interesting characters and a cool story. And, you know, I don't know if, I don't know if they do the eighties again. I mean, I feel like they've done that. So I kind of doubt they would go uh, do that again. But uh, I, I just, I would like to see somewhere new. I mean, it's, it seems like they're, you know, the, the, in historically speaking, they've now gone back to Liberty City. They've gone back to San Andreas, and now, so are they going to go back to Vice City? There's a there's a definite possibility, but I kind of hope they. I'm with Stella. I hope they go somewhere new, or with Miranda as well. Just think outside the box a little bit, and and let's blow it out. Let's see some some new new location that they could have some new adventures in. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com 
unlocked without the E. That's N-O-R-D-V-P-N.com slash U-N-L-O-C-K-D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Uh, and finally, on this topic, I mean, it's uh, we're spending a lot of time on it, but it's GTA. I mean, it's, yeah, it's the it's literally the biggest thing. So, uh, what do you want to see out of it, features wise, gameplay wise, character wise? Miranda, I'll start with you because you'd already started to answer this with uh, with a lead character that you'd hope to see. Give me a cool chola, the chola representation that I've never had in myself. So <laughs> give me the big hoops. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm really setting this more so in Texas. Like if, if this were like my dream GTA, um, maybe it's also because I kind of miss Texas. That's where I grew up. And I think that there is just a lot of really interesting potential for activities that you could do there. As you were saying, activities are just such a big thing in GTA. Like this has to be a world that not only has interesting and goofy stories, uh, but also has to have stuff to do, just like stuff upon stuff. That's so much fun. Um, when I was playing GTA Five, it was one of the first times in a long time where I had just like that, you know, that itch you get when you're like, I got to go home. I got to go play this game. Like as soon as I get home, I'm going to straight to my console. I'm going to go play this game. That's exactly how I felt about GTA. And I think it wasn't just because the characters were so fun and to jump around between, but also because there was just so much to explore and do and see and I think getting a new setting will lend itself better to that as well. Um, honestly, I really loved a three character prong that they had in this and GTA five. And I would actually like to see that come back. Like, I think it just lended itself to such interesting narrative bits for between them and also really cool gameplay things as well. Um, it was like having a party without really having a party. So I think they should hopefully keep up with that as well. And as I had mentioned previously, It'd be cool if we did some little space things. Not like a lot. It doesn't have to be. It's not set in space. It's just, but what if, <laughs> but what if you, you take over a space, you, did you take over one of NASA's rockets and you just go to space for a minute or uh, SpaceX, just go hack their, hack their stuff and take it. Just go for a bit, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of potential there. And even that would be interesting points for satire of just weird competitive market space race stuff of like it's just not really a race it's just more of a i have a lot of money so i'm yeah, gonna go to space the billionaire space race exactly oh, so yeah. I, I think that would be a really interesting point in having a place that is like known for space tech and space exploration and you know space launches would be a good spot for that so i think that would just be an additional fun part and of course plenty of space for easter eggs there too so yeah i could definitely see if if they were to go the texas route with your idea of there being like a, a very like kind of eccentric, weird, crazy Elon Musk type character that yeah. <laughs> you have to do some sort of spacey mission with. But, you know, to your point about stuff to do, I I spent a lot of time playing golf 
and tennis. Oh yeah, in GTA so much tennis. Somebody else yep. who loved golf. They're yep. really golf good. So good. <laughs> They're so good. Like these were. This was like a legit golf game, a legit eighteen-hole golf course in San Andreas, and 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 then the the tennis you could play at your house. Uh, I think there were several locations you could play, but mm-hmm. yeah, th- it was really good. It's just like, how do, how do they do this? That, I, and that's, it's that GTA detail, man. It's not necessarily the size. I mean, usually the San Andreas, they, they had the, the geog- the geographical size and the insane level of detail. Uh, Stella, let me go your way, you know, gameplay wise, feature wise, character wise. What are you God. hoping for? I mean, just give me more classic GTA, I guess. Like, just talking about GTA Five and everything that you could do. Like, you're you're bringing back these memories of when I played. Like, I would play tennis for like an hour with my friend and be like, "Oh, wait, we haven't <laughs> done anything. We should go like do something else." Like, there's just so much that you can do, and I think that's so fun. Uh, so I I want more of that. Just like you know, obviously in an updated uh, new gen uh, release. Um, but yeah, I, in terms of narrative, like I'm not really worried because they do story so well. Like Rockstar does narrative um, really well. But I want something. I, I definitely want like a female main character, like at least out of it's like time. If there if there's going to be like another three set of main characters, I definitely want like a badass female type. You know, like maybe no, this is just me more like fan writing but like maybe she's you know how michael started out with the therapist maybe she is a therapist but she uh decides to heist their homes that way because she knows what they're going to be doing and stuff which by the way therapy is amazing i'm not trying to like make light of that but like you know that'd be really cool if she like you know was like this really professional person but really she has this whole other side to her and just really flesh out that character i feel like that'd be so cool love it destin yeah, just thinking on it more, I have to imagine, you know, I brought up, you know, doing all across the United States, they're going to push the tech forward. And I wonder if that's just thinking too small. What if they do <laughs> multiple locations? What if they do an Asia location? They do a uh, location in the middle of the world and they do the United States, you know, uh, why not just go everywhere? And I agree with you, Miranda. I love the three character thing. It gives them so much uh so many interesting ways that they can write the the dialogue between them and how their lives end up interconnecting by the end of the game. It was really, really interesting. So like maybe you run three different crime families across the world and you're just figuring out how to like make the most money possible or something. I, I don't know, but maybe that's too big. Maybe that like doesn't work for the world of Grand Theft Auto. I, like I said, they, there's so many different ways they could play it. They could just do traditional New York or Florida or Texas, like Miranda said. But I, they said they want to push things further. So I'm trying to think like, well, what th- does that mean? Does that mean the world? Does that mean the whole of the United States? That's what I'm curious about. Well, uh, you're, uh, I, I'm with all of you on the three, the multi-character thing. It, it was a great part of five. And remember that I remember when five hadn't come out yet and we were previewing it, look at it. I remember having conversations in the office. Like, I don't know if this three character thing is going to work. And it totally worked uh, to Rockstar's credit. And uh, the, you know, the SSDs on these, on these new consoles uh, would lend themselves very well to jumping around the world mm-hmm. uh, between multiple characters as well. So, you know, I, I did just get done saying that, you know, if, if they do go back to vice city, which I'm not rooting for, that I doubt they'd do the 80s, but I wonder if wherever the game is set, I wonder if they might go 90s potentially, if they're gonna do a period piece. The nine doing <laughs> 90s things seems to kind of be the pop culture 
moment uh, of du jour right now. Um, Although I guess that wouldn't, that, that, that could be both a blessing and a curse in terms of to what I was saying earlier about, about the modern day we live in being almost too insane in reality to, to effectively satire. You could escape that by setting it in the nineties, but uh, it, it would also kind of put you in that weird spot where you don't have, you don't really have cell phones that you can utilize in the game for, you know, the way that uh, four and five put them to such good use. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I'm not looking for scale as much, you know, I mean, it'd be amazing if there are giant states or multiple locations around the world. But I, for me, what what separates GTA from other open world games, and there are so many open world games now, it's the it's the level of detail. It's the little things. It's just the tiniest. I mean, the the, the anecdote I've said a I've said a million times, but it's always the first thing that comes to mind uh, is when I when I was first playing GTA Five. And just immersing myself in the game. And Miranda, by the way, I felt exactly the same way you did with five, where it's just you think about the game when you're not playing it and you can't (laughs) wait to play it again. Like that is a rare feeling. There are not a lot of games that elevate to quite that level. And uh, I hope I imagine six will will at least heading into it, at least have me feeling that way. And hopefully it will when it comes out, too. But uh, but the anecdote is is when I was playing GTA five and I'm just like wandering around and there's this like tour bus thing. I'm like, what the heck? What is this? And I just get on it and, and you don't carjack it. You just take a seat and it takes you on a, it's, it's through Vinewood and it takes you on a tour of the stars homes. And it's like 20 minutes long. I don't actually, I'm sure you could look it up on YouTube how long it actually is. I'm going off memory. But there was it was an entire like they'd recorded this entire script, this whole VO of just this. You just sat and went on this tour of the stars. Homes. Oh, my God. It's not a mission. It's not on the map. It's just it's basically an Easter egg like it's but not because it's not hidden. It's just there in plain sight. Yep. And it's stuff like that, that uh, because, you know, Rockstar has the talent the unlim- effectively unlimited time, as we've seen, uh, that we're living through now, and unlimited budget. They have no restrictions. The- nobody's like, nope, cut that tour of the stars thing. We got to ship the game. They're like, no, we're gonna, we're gonna just put in every little thing that we want to put in because nobody, you know, our last game has made literal billions of dollars, and no one's gonna say no if we say we need another fifty million dollars to put in like these all these little features. So that's what excites me is just like, I want to see the level of detail, those kinds of little living world things taken to the next level. So that's what I'm looking for out of GTA six, whenever it finally comes around. And just by the way, watching the B roll that our producer Kate, I, now I want to play GTA. Right? You see, that's why it's out. That's why it's a next gen game. Everyone's just like, oh, we don't need another release of GTA. 5. I was like, listen, when we was do. the last time you played GTA five? If you're like me and you played at launch, you're probably like, just like, oh, I actually do want to go back to it though. Cause it's been so long and it, it would be nice to have that. And I think just a nice little escape, especially at this moment. Also, I looked it up. 
uh, in the bus tour, I saw videos renew from seven minutes to about 10 to 15 minutes. So, okay. Wow. So I said cool. 20, but that's still, yeah, it's like, it's a it's good, a that's, that's a long script. Like yeah. somebody sat down, had an idea for that. There was a meeting about it. They're like, it's not a mission. It's not on the map. And, but there was a meet and somebody had to make that a team of people, like more than one person had to work on doing that. And it's just, it's a, it's a 10 to 15 minute thing that's just there. So, oh, I love it so much. Thank you for looking that up. Mm-hmm. There's also uh, like so, full TV episodes, Ryan, that I've sat and like there's a magician. Yeah, there's yeah, a terrible yes. magician TV oh, show. And the, um, oh, my the, God. Who's the super, the dude in the, it's like, oh, the, the men's room. What was the one in the men's room? I don't remember. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, no. Nobody knows. I'm not, I, don't I think know I I'm not crazy. <laughs> it's like. Okay, somebody needs to look this up while I introduce the next story because it's it's like Boz or Vaz or uh, it's like this it's like this like super macho character and the show it's in the men's room and there it's hilarious. Okay, again, I'm like Miranda, I haven't played the game in a long time, which segues directly into our next GTA story, which I'll the intro now as Miranda kindly looks at, looks this up. So yes, GTA V's next gen re release. It's a thing. <laughs> What's the name of it? It's a talk show with two hosts. It takes place in a set made look like a men's restroom or locker room. I think it was just called the men's room with Thank you. Boz, okay. Gruden and Jeremy St. Ives. Okay, so my memory was pretty good. I, I, <laughs> I, and it's hilarious. So everybody that... So Miranda, when you get the next gen version, you need to watch the men's room because okay. it's hysterical. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. So new graphics modes with up to 4K resolution up to 60 frames per second, texture and draw distance upgrades, HDR options, and ray tracing. Nice. Uh, Rockstar also promises that the games will take it. Well, there's just one game. The game will take advantage (laughs) of new console tech offering faster loading times, immersive 3D audio, platform-specific features like advanced haptic feedback. Sadly, that will not apply to the Xbox version. And much more. And players will be able to perform a one-time migration of their story mode progress and GTA Online characters from Xbox One to Xbox Series X and S. So, Destin, I note there, um, I'm not poo-pooing any of this, but it, you know, for, for people who are hoping and thinking 4K60, it sounds like it's going to be one or the other and not both at the same time. Yeah, uh, I'm not really sure. It says up to 4K, up to 60. So you'll probably be doing push-pull there. Yeah. I would have to imagine they do something like 1440, upscale to, up to, up to 4K, not native 4K. Right. Uh, native 4K at 30 is usually what places will do. And for like the main campaign, like that seems totally fine. There's also... Um, there's this really, really cool mod that's like the realism mod. I just wanted to mention really quick that a lot oh, of people yeah. have shown in GTA where it basically just makes the game look like the real world. So that's not what we're getting with the next gen update. It was just something I was thinking about for GTA 6, actually. All this stuff sounds great. Ray tracing, sure. Personally, like I think ray tracing is fine, but it's such a resource hog that I would rather SSR in 60 than ray tracing in 30 you know like there's yeah. always a push pull when you're pushing stuff to its graphical limits and uh that's one where i'm just like yeah it's cool but it's sort of like your personal preference right so so yeah, for, i don't Destin, know for I, for an older game now you know almost a, a nine-year-old game like gta 5 
it, when you fire up this Series X version, are you going to go for performance or uh, visual fidelity? <laughs> uh, Assuming it's a choice. Maybe it will be. There will be a 4K 60, 60 option, but... I- I don't like 30 very much anymore. Like for a narrative game, sure, I can do 30 like that. Like if Hellblade's at 30, that'll be totally fine. But I don't know. That's a really tough question for me for a game like this. It's all about your personal preference, right? Like I would probably do 60. Stella? Sorry. <laughs> you're, it's, uh, what's your what's your hype level for this re-release? And uh, and what what sort of se- visual or performance settings are you going <laughs> to opt for? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I'm really excited for 60, honestly. That's like the thing that I'm more excited about. But the thing that I'm really, really so happy about is that the fact that like loading times will not take forever. I cannot <laughs> tell you how long I have sat on that like startup screen on my PC and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm gonna walk away for like 15 minutes. And when I come back, I will maybe just get in. So I'm really happy about that. That's that's really, that's it. I've had that is fair. With that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the loading times is a big one. Miranda, how about you? What's uh, What are you eyeing with this re-release? I think I'd try 4K first just because I want to see it look fancy. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I mean, uh, my hope is, I mean, it, you know, it's it's not apples to apples, but, you know, Insomniac ended up patching Spider-Man Miles Morales, which is amazing, by the way, if you've got a PS4 or PS5. They ended up uh, on PS5, they patched it, because at launch, when I played it, it was... Uh, 30 or four, 60, and then yeah, they patched... Yeah, 30, 30 with ray tracing, mm-hmm. or, yeah, 60 without... Uh, and and I played with ray tracing because I wanted it to look as good as possible. They ended up patching it, I believe, to 45 frames per second, and maybe they've patched it again since I'm not no, sure. But no, I think I think what happened, Ryan, is they had they reduced the resolution, but they okay. were allowed you to have all the bells and whistles at 60. That so there was sense. a middle ground. Go check out my performance for you. Spider-Man Miles Morales is an incredible yeah. technical achievement. And it's like one of the best looking games ever. I did the performance view for that. Got to interview some people from uh, Insomniac and just, wow, what a stunning game. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was really cool how they gave you the option, right? They did 30, they did 60. And in the performance view, I was like, I wish they had like a middle ground option. Like just if they're able to dip the the low resolution and like a week later, they did it. And I was like, (laughs) how are you even able to manage all this? It's crazy. So the reason, the reason I bring up miles Morales is because it is a much newer game than Mm. grand theft auto five. Again, they're different engines, different developers. I'm not trying to draw a straight line between them, but it, it gives me optimism that because rockstar is exceptionally talented, they've spent a long time on this next gen release and the core GTA five is pretty old at this point that hopefully we will get uh, the best of all worlds as, you know, as options as fidelity and performance options with, uh, with this re-release. But yeah, I, I can't wait to play this again. I've been itching to play it again, but I've been, I've decided that like I'm waiting, I got to wait for this proper next gen version. And I, I think it's going to be worth the wait. I, I think it's one of the best games ever. And if by some chance anybody watching or listening has not played GTA five and you're going to dive in with this series X version, you're in for a treat. That is going to be a really good time for you. Uh, next this week, infinity ward has teased this year's yes. 2022's 
Call of Duty game, despite Vanguard shipping uh, three less than three months ago, like two plus months ago. This and- is the year for Call of Duty, Ryan. <laughs> that game, uh, that Call of Duty this year is almost guaranteed to be Modern Warfare 2. Infinity Ward tweeting from their official studio account, a new generation of Call of Duty is coming soon. Stay frosty. So, uh, Miranda... It's Modern Warfare 2, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else would it be? I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't see them deviating from Modern Warfare at any time soon. If they did, that'd be very weird. Yeah. I mean, the, the Stella, did you play? We talked about this. You did play. You enjoyed uh, the Modern I Warfare did. reboot, right? Yeah, it was really great. I loved it. I It was the first time in a while that I was like, oh, my God, I, I can... I want to play Call of Duty like after a long day, right? Because usually it would just be Titanfall or Apex. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is great. <laughs> like uh, the balancing felt really good. Um, everything like Time to Kill felt great. Like I, I really did not have many complaints about that game, like if at all. So happy about this. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm also just very, very tired of Call of Duty releases every year. I'm, yep. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm just I'm exhausted. Like it's just, I'm like great. So I, I I gotta I gotta feel for this game now. Like I gotta adjust to this, which is you know honestly I've not been playing Vanguard, so it's fine. There's not much that I have to adjust to. But I'm just like, we really don't need a new Call of Duty game every year. I'm tired of this. So that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> so instead of stay frosty, it's stay exhausted. <laughs> so what, is what yeah, no, to. that is yeah, no, no. Also just a general state of being for me. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Miranda, before I go to Destin, Miranda, the the uh, as I remember, the Modern Warfare reboot ended on some something of a cliffhanger, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. I, I don't want to spoil it for I, people necessarily, even though it's a couple of years old. But there yeah, was definitely a setup for another one. There was indeed. Um, I think for me, whenever I just look at that, because I I generally liked the multiplayer. Okay, I, I give it a seven point five. So it's like I did like it. I just. I want to see their, I just want to see their multiplayer be more consistent. Uh, they have a lot of issues with their map designs and spawns. Like that's something I always look for immediately. I'm like, how does this feel? Cause it doesn't matter how good your gunplay is. If your map designs are bad or like not bad, excuse me. I don't mean to be so harsh, but are oh, ineffective right. <laughs> in creating a good dynamic between both teams. So that's what, that's what I look for. Cause I think, I know Ryan, you really enjoyed the the campaign and I, am I did. I, to see I where think they I gave it an that. eight if memory serves. Okay. 8.2 yeah. is what I just saw. Oh, we were still on the hundred point scale. Okay. Yeah, we were, we were, this is back in 2019, I believe. So, um, yeah, I am. That's just what I, I want to see that time. And I think that ends up, again, being a time issue, right? Like, if you don't have time to really nail down, like, the, the tech behind your spawns and, and the designs and really get a lot of playtesting in, I'm sure it's a very big challenge to make something that's as balanced as it needs to be for something as um, intense as Call of Duty. And because it does have such a quick time to kill, and that's just a signature of Call of Duty, right? Um, spawn issues are paramount to fix, I would say, just because... If you get locked in somewhere, you're that's it. That's your game. You get to be locked in somewhere. It's a bad time. So I think that's just I've been I've really fallen out with Call of Duty's multiplayer, which feels bad because I do actually like those yearly iterations of something new and something fresh and something fun. But it hasn't felt exactly fun the past two games. So yeah. Destin, you uh seem to exhibit uh almost uh boredom 
what you're saying. <laughs> I was going right. to say apathy, but yeah, they're yeah. boredom. All right. Wow. Yeah. Uh, look, I'm looking at this footage right now of Vanguard. It looks yeah. great. The narrative storytelling mm. was sort of fun based on what I played, but I am so, I just don't care anymore. Like, and I felt that way for a long time. And I think that's why you're starting to see attrition. Is that the right word? Yeah. Loss. Yeah. Loss of players on both Warzone and Call of Duty. What are they going to do to get a player like me to say, I have to play this year's Call of Duty? And I think that's going to be a challenge for whoever ends up owning the company uh, in the in the well, years. It's Microsoft. Going forward. Heads up. <laughs> they well, that's not approved yet. But the FCC still has to approve yeah. it. So that's not going to happen until 2023. You know, uh, but anyway, the point is, like, how how do you get somebody like me invested back in this world? Modern Warfare 2 or 3 or whatever. Like, I don't even know what Modern Warfare we on. I don't care. You know, I don't know what happened in that story. How long ago was that? They did the remaster like four years ago. And, and I think that's a problem they need to address. Every time I pick up Call of Duty and play it, I'm like, yep, it's Call of Duty. I play it for a day or two and then I stop, you know, but there are people that literally just it's like Madden. They get it every single year. Those people are going to be there. But as we're seeing the player count decrease on these games, I'm curious if we're finally seeing Call of Duty start to lose its guaranteed blockbuster status every year. Well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad you brought this up because it, it, it got me thinking while you were talking. And that's, I wonder, kind of obviously this ties into Microsoft since they just acquired Activision Blizzard and they've, and we talked on what one or two shows ago about how some of the leads at Activision are, are, we're meeting about like, you know, do we want to keep doing this as an annual thing with, you know, with Warzone already out there as a living, you know, uh, service game of sorts. And it, it kind of, you know, your comments, Destin, are not, you're not alone in that. There are a lot of gamers that feel that way. And the numbers from, Vanguard have have shown that right they've, they've shown that that uh, that apathy that sort of that fatigue and I wonder if when Microsoft takes over what do you guys think of the chances that that Microsoft gives it a little break and then reboots it like just start over call of duty I don't know where it would be set if it's if that's a World War II game or you know or where they no. go with it no, don't Miranda, say that. No. Yeah, please stop. We're, 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 we're done no. with those. We're done with those. We're done with reboots? No, I don't. No, so we're done with the World War II settings. Oh, just World War II. We're done with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're doing no. something phenomenally different. Yes. Yeah. Please don't. Please don't. I mean, don't call, 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 with call with of with Duty as a, thing, as a term is not, it is applicable to any, there is there any military, you know, any sort of conflict-based uh, thing it's not unique to World War II, so that's the good news. It's not. <laughs> yeah, it's God. not like a World War II term. The, but the, um, ga- the gameplay formula is rock solid. Like the gameplay is fine. Miranda brings up like map design and stuff like that, which is an important you know criticism that they'll have to address. But gameplay wise, like the movement, the shooting, the reloading, the the perks and the the kill streaks and all that, they've sort of got that dialed in and almost perfected. Right, so it's like they can't just blow all that up. Look at the visual design here. Like they're, they make stunning visual storytelling moments for the campaigns. I just, I don't really know how they reset it. I think one of my problems are like, none of these narrative storylines are tied together really. Or if they are, it's like very like one character that ends up sort of having a through line in all of these stories. And 
Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, yeah, I, I don't know how they address a criticism like the one I have. To, to I want to speak to a couple of things you said. Number one, about the continuity. I mean, you're absolutely right. Like Modern Warfare, they've had to go back to in order to regain people's interest. And, and it worked. They did a great job with the reboot. Again, Miranda and I reviewed it, the, the, you know, the respective multiplayer and campaign sides of it. Uh, but Black Ops, which is the other big sub-brand of Call of Duty, has kind of given up on the campaign. I, mean, I know Black Ops Cold War had a yeah. campaign, but that's like splitting the hair even further. It's Black Ops Cold War. And it's like, well, how far out onto the pier here are we going to go before we just splash into the ocean and drown? Uh, and then it, sled, what Sledgehammer, you know, they tried something new in terms of a, a brand with Vanguard this year, and that doesn't seem to have really worked. So that's kind of where I'm coming from when I talk about why not reboot it? And, and, and you know, Destin, you're, I don't disagree with you when you say that the, the gunplay, the mechanics, the gameplay mechanics have been pretty dialed in. I, I'm actually, that's, I would like to see it blown up and start over with a reboot. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, and whether that's Infinity Ward, whether that's the coalition, like that's what I'm saying. This whether that's id software, like the this future now that that Microsoft is building, let's burn you know burn it all down and start over. Like let's we've had twenty what is it fifteen straight years of Call of Duty that that has fundamentally felt the same. You know, sometimes the campaign and the story and the characters are good, and the graphics are and sometimes it's not. And sometimes there is no campaign and sometimes the map designs are not great. So that's kind of, that's what I'm saying is like, I actually would like to see the entire thing completely demolished and rebuilt from scratch with maybe some, some fresh development talent. And that's not, that is not a criticism of infinity ward or sledgehammer or Treyarch, but there is now this bigger talent pool Maybe I mean maybe Microsoft and I'm not I'm not saying they should do this but I think their history suggests they might think about it maybe they make a new like Call of Duty super team that that has an open open call to all their studios that says if you want to join our Call of Duty studio you know apply cuz you know they've got there's, they have the forts. They have turn ten that makes nothing but Forza games. They have three four three that makes nothing but Halo games, and they've got the Coalition, which has to date made nothing but Gears of War games. Am I taking crazy pills, Miranda? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't think they're going to want to disrupt things that much. No. But I see what you're saying when when the series needs a reboot. I think if anything, I think it just needs more definition. I think having these studios and have them have certain goals for what their Call of Duty looks like because I think in the past it felt more expected. What it's weird to say, like the tone of the gameplay. Like, does that even make sense? But like, it, it made a lot of sense of what. You would what you would come to expect from each of these studios, and I think just with turnover of leads and other things, you, we've kind of lost that. Like I, I think I was especially excited to see Sledgehammer start leading more into the horror aspect of things. Like obviously, there's a lot of atrocities and horror with war, uh, but I think when when they did World War Two, WW Two, it was really cool to see that kind of per, pervasive through 
all elements of their game. And I would like to see more of that definition. And I think that could help differentiate uh, them a little bit more. And I think you have a good point with, we have these brands of Call of Duty. And I think it's not necessarily just brands or locking them into like, you only make Modern Warfare games. You only make Black Ops games. It's what kind of tones of games do you make? It doesn't have to be locked into these characters or these sorts of storylines, but what, how are these different from each other? So yeah, I think that would be helpful. Well said. Well said. Uh, Stella, do you want to call me crazy too before we move on? <laughs> so here's your uh, chance. No, no, I don't want to call you crazy. But <laughs> I, I don't think that they would do a huge like nuclear process on their stuff. But I do think that if there was something that could, I think something cool would be like if they did link all their stories together somehow through like a sort of like Call of Duty universe. That'd be really cool because they already kind of did that with uh, zombies, which by the way, they absolutely massacred zombies mode in Vanguard, which I'm still so, so disappointed sad. about. Yeah. So they had this overarching story that linked each of the zombies' campaigns together, which was really cool and actually pretty incredible once you were playing through the storylines and you were able to connect the dots and everything. So something like that with the main campaigns of each game would actually be super cool. And I think that would only add to like intrigue to players because that's like a big reason why I started I got more into zombies because like my friends and I would look up all the Easter eggs and try to be like, oh wait, so this is this, this is be before this timeline, this is after if these events had happened, stuff like that. Um, as for, I, I think their narrative is fine. I think they do a good job, but like, I, again, I do want more spaced out, like single player games, I guess, and multiplayer because having to readjust to every single game's meta is so disappointing and like a lot of work for a casual gamer, right? Or like even a competitive gamer. I, and I now would that say the, sorry, sorry to like contest that a little bit, but I think that's almost one of the strengths of Call of Duty is that you are resetting every time because then. I think the difference in mechanics makes it feel renewed every Call of Duty. And that's part of the tone of each of those studios, right? Where if you want something that's more consistent and more be more competitive, they could do that more with Warzone. Yeah, I was actually going to bring up Warzone too. Yeah. Like, that's totally fair and that's fine. I think Vanguard just was so disappointing. Like, the way that the that's guns true. were just yeah. heavily unbalanced. Um, but like, yeah, because they have Warzone now, I think what Microsoft might do is just focus on Warzone because, I mean, they really want to make a game that will have to combat against like, or compete against like Apex and stuff because now Apex is branching outside of Battle Royale. So uh, I think they might try to follow that kind of formula because, I mean, Warzone does make a lot of money. And the fact that every single season, there are always blueprint weapons that rule the meta in Warzone, that costs, that gives them a lot of money as well. So if they can move multiplayer to exist in Warzone and have like a playlist there where you can play, you know, team deathmatch, stuff like that, as opposed to just Warzone, move multiplayer to one source like that and have Call of Duty's uh, solo campaigns just roll out every two years. I think that's great. That's so, the dream. Oh, I like yeah. that. That's kind dream. of my idea on like <laughs> how that could be revived for me and I wouldn't feel so exhausted. I don't want them to nuke the series. I just want them to do better. <laughs> nuke it, Call of Duty Modern Warfare style. No! <laughs> yeah, the first one, not the reboot. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Destin, let me circle back to you before we move on to our next and probably final story for the week. But what about, I mean, you you know, you expressed... A, a lot of fatigue with this with the franchise at the at the top of this segment, and then I went off on a weird rant about you know <laughs> maybe maybe we level the whole thing and and start a you know a three four three like Call of Duty team. I mean, would that would that be appealing to you, or what? Or do you like what Stella's saying, or what? What do you think? What where do you want to see the the series go that to to try and get your interest back up? 
I would like to play as a character whose story that I follow across multiple games, the way that Black Ops and Modern Warfare handle handled are your character doesn't really matter. Like, I don't think your character is mentioned in those stories. It's all about the the characters surrounding you, like Soap McTavish. And that's the right. one that always jumps out to me and uh, others. So it's it's Black Ops and it's Modern Warfare. Those are the those are the stories that people really latch on to and enjoy. So uh yeah, I don't know. Just something new where you're it's just it's a shooter, right? So you sort of play these finite experiences. And I'm more of a, a player that likes to follow one character, like I'll use Chief and Cortana as an example. Like I, I'm constantly learning more about their relationship or are now Chief and the Weapon, you know? And yeah, so I mean, they're they're still making more money than anybody else, so they're not doing anything too wrong. So I, I <laughs> highly doubt they're going to adjust the formula as much as, as you would like, Ryan. But I, I'm all kind of for anything that would shake it up a bit. Yeah. Well, well said. We'll see what happens here over the next couple of years after Microsoft <laughs> assumes control. But I still found that interesting that, I mean, I think this is the soonest a new Call of Duty game has been teased or acknowledged or officially mentioned in any way, uh, you know, right after the, the previous one had come out two months ago and change, which probably speaks to the reception of, uh, of Vanguard, uh, deserved or not, where, where they, where Infinity Ward felt the need to go, it's okay, guys, we're, we're making a new shiny toy for you. Don't worry. If you don't like the last one, we've got a new, another one coming up later this year. So you, when Microsoft takes over, here's what I actually want. Let Raven work on something else. And like, they're going through a bunch of turmoil right now too. So get the culture thing in order. That's the first order of business. Right. And then let Raven work on not call of duty. Let them work on Hexen. Let them work on a superhero yes. game. Let them work on, they're so talented and they're working on call of duty. Like, there's so much talent at these studios and they only make one game, you know, it's just, yeah. Miranda, did uh, you want to finish the point? Finish. Yeah. Apologies. I was going to, I know we keep, sorry. Also Stella started to interrupt you earlier as well. No, I was just it's like, all right. Wait, We're, <laughs> no, um, but really quick, I just wanted to say, do you think that them confirming that they're working on the next call of duty is more of a point of the acquisition? Obviously we know it's not till 2023. Like that's all a thing in the future, but do you think that's just a little, Hey, by the way, these things are still happening. Business as usual. I, I personally interpret it as a direct response to the mm. disappointment of Vanguard. I, I I don't read anything into into the acquisition side of things with that. I think it's just like, hey, we <laughs> you all assume we're working on Modern Warfare Two. We're gonna wink, wink, confirm that just to let you know to get, to get you hyped up for for later this year. Don't feel too mm. bad about Call of Duty because we're back, baby. So we'll see. <laughs> We'll see what happens. I really did enjoy the Modern Warfare reboot. I think it's, if for me, it's been my favorite of the Call of Duty campaigns in quite a while. I think I said that in the review as well. But and I hope Modern Warfare Two uh, adds adds to that list. All right, uh, our last topic this week here. We've got a bit of time left. <laughs> I can't believe this story is coming back, but here we go. I know our commenters are going to love it because <laughs> they love talking about this game. Platinum Games wants to return to Scalebound, uh, and and they are they are now publicly appealing to Phil Spencer to try and make it happen. This story actually came from IGN Japan. Our uh, friend Daniel Robeson and the team there. 
Speaking to IGN Japan, Platinum President Atsushi Inaba explained that scale-bound creator Hideki Kamiya has been talking about wanting to work on Scalebound again for a while. Kamiya himself added, quote, I'd like to appeal to Phil Spencer directly. Let's do it, Phil. So, uh, Destin, I got to go your way first on this. This is a game that was canceled a long time ago, but the Xbox community has has kind of kept the flame burning on this. And now uh, that that spark has seemingly ignited the, you know, the team at Platinum and, and Kamiya specifically as well. What do you say here? Is this, uh, do you share the enthusiasm? Do you think there's a decent chance this could actually happen? I would say I'm like mediumly interested in Scalebound coming back, but the more that I watch the footage of it, the more I'm kind of like, you know what? This was actually really interesting. I believe the main reason it got canceled was for technical reasons, which were are probably all but gone now that we have new hardware, right? right. Uh, or at least they've had more time to figure out how to optimize those sort of systems that they were trying to implement. I'd be down to try out Scalebound. It's, it's unique. I don't think there's anything else like it that I can think of off the top of my head. And uh, yeah, go for it. Sure. <laughs> Stella, did were were where were you weren't on the show when this was a thing? <laughs> was not no. <laughs> so yeah, what what are your thoughts on Scalebound? Do you want to see it come back? I am not gonna lie, I totally forgot about this thing. <laughs> um, it I think it looked great. Like I'm always for games like this. Like I do love story based um, and narrative driven games. Um, I would like it just because it kind of makes me think of like a what is it like a more <sighs> combat immersive dragon age inquisition i guess at least like the setting kind of but it also kind of has like reminiscence of uh final fantasy 14 so i i definitely like it um i think it wouldn't be a bad partnership and i think xbox should do it i just <laughs> love Spencer that the, should do it <laughs> i just love that the dragons run around wrecking shop oh I, I love that <laughs> like and that I, dragon still out. looks great yeah Look good that drag this this is like footage from i don't know what is this like six seven year old footage at this point? Yeah, the dragon oh still looks awesome. Frame rate it would, looks a it would slow, look slow, but yeah, that but can it be fixed. So yeah. gorgeous, yeah, exactly. I feel like I feel like with full support, this could be so good at its full potential. And um, I loved Monster Hunter as well. That's what it is, Monster Hunter World. It, this kind of like has that same sort of feel to it, just because of the massive scale of the uh, the creatures. And I I don't know, I would love that. I. It, yeah, I think they should back it. <laughs> and you know what else? This would be a good like PR move, just generally speaking, because it would be righting a wrong in the community's eyes, right? Like mm. we were wrong about scale bounds, so we're giving it another shot, and then they they launch it, and people can decide for themselves if it was a good game or not. But yeah, I don't know. I I'm it's growing on me. <laughs> Miranda, where are you with this? The concept is so cool. I love games where you essentially have a companion character helping you on your journey. Have a companion as a whole gosh darn dragon. That'd be so cool. Um, I was really into the idea of this game, and I think it was the first platinum game that like really caught my attention. I, I like some of their games, but generally it's just like, oh, that seems okay or cool, but I'm not much of a bayonetta person. But this one, it's like, let's do it. I also don't know all the details of, you know, what happened with canceling that game. But I think if there's talent that wants to get back to him, like, hey, what if we revisit this? Then maybe they have a reason uh, behind that to fix potentially other problems that happened with it. 
And obviously there's a lot of people who would be interested in it. So that'd be pretty neat. It's like it's, it's strange to see the mix of like dragons and sort of this almost medieval period with technology too. So I think that's what makes this especially cool. It's like Last Guardian meets Bayonetta. It's neat. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Like Maybe it. even a, like a hint of Dynasty Warriors in there too, with mm-hmm. just like the the large number of enemies scale yeah there's mm-hmm. just tons of enemies on the screen mm-hmm. scale to, to yeah. hack and slash God, dustin. <laughs> oh, dustin he becomes a dad suddenly has dad jokes <laughs> <laughs> i was um, bound to make that joke oh stop boy. it oh my oh, god boy. we know it's almost time to end <laughs> the show um yeah actually it is almost time to end the show but in any case yeah i i i have i'm on record you could go find the receipts uh, of of me saying we need to let this game go, it's gone. But uh, and the reason that I have to feel that way and have to think that way is because it's the only way I can get, can can make it through. Because like uh, like True Fantasy Live Online, I'm again I'm old, so as a, that was an MMORPG from level five for the original Xbox that looked amazing. Look it up on YouTube if you don't know what I'm talking about. True Fantasy Live Online. That was going to be an Xbox exclusive. It looked incredible. That got canceled. That one hurt me a lot. Uh, and the other cancellation that hurt me a lot, although it was a game I did actually get to play, and we did get to play, 1 versus 100 is the other one. Where it's like, oh, bring yeah. back 1 versus 100. It's like, God, it's there are license holders. There's all sorts of reasons. Like, I've had to just let it go as much as I would love to see it come back. So, and I feel the same way about Scalebound. But if Kamiya wants to do it, and, you know, Phil Spencer's certainly got got cash to splash around. It's just like, all right, throw some. What's why not bring back bring this back? You know, it it can go well. Like if you look at Metroid Dread, a game that was in development for a while, went away, eventually came back and was a game of the year nominee. It can also go kind of poorly, like, say, with Duke Nukem Forever, where a game is in development for a long time, goes away comes back and then, uh, okay, you know, maybe it didn't turn out super great. But hopefully, if Scalebound can find its way onto our Xbox Series X hard drives, it will be more like a Metroid Dread than a Duke Nukem Forever. All right, uh, time for trivia before we get out of here. Good question. Uh, Robert Tonkley, whose gamer tag is Captain Bluey from Sydney, Australia, asks this. Uh, He says, at its launch, Xbox Live arcade games were limited to 50 megabytes in size. There was a hard cap on the file size for live arcade games so that they could fit on uh, if you had one of the 360s without a built-in hard drive, if you had the arcade, the the 360 arcade. Uh, So they sold memory cards. Progressively, this limit was increased. The file size limit on the live arcade games went up to 150 megs, then later 350 megs, and later two gigabytes. His question is, what was the first live arcade game that exceeded the 50 megabyte limit? I remembered this one. It's possible that this question has been asked on the show years ago, but it is a test for all of you. Uh, I will start with Miranda on this one. Was it Boom Boom Rocket? Good game. Uno, very popular game. Castlevania Symphony of the Night, it's another big one. Or yeah. Alien Hominid. These are all four excellent live arcade games. One of them was the first one to be bigger than 50 megabytes. Do you remember which one, Miranda? 
I do not. I also don't know what Boom Boom Rocket is, and I will look it up after this, but I'm going to guess Alien Hominid. Okay. Stella, how about you? I was also stuck on Alien or Castlevania. Um, My first guess was Alien, so I'm going to stick with that, because I, I can't second guess myself. <laughs> okay. All right. Got to trust the gut here. Yeah. Destin, your chance. That was mine also. But I'll... <laughs> I'll just be different. I'll say Castlevania because I don't know. Okay, so interesting strategy. You either Wait. you could have gone uh, sink, sink or swim with uh, the so like, Oh, is it or, too late? No, hey, I'm just I'm just you know. Well, being Alien Hominid was like an animated style, and Castlevania was Konami. Who can they just not optimize anything? Like, wow, <laughs> that's, that's what I don't remember. Uh, Uno, like, is Uno the the red herring where like you would think that cards don't take a lot to, <laughs> oh my to God. render, but uh, yeah, I'll, all right, whatever, Castlevania. <laughs> okay, so you are gonna you're gonna stick with Castlevania. I see. Yeah, I just have this bad feeling I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad you stuck with it because it is the right one. Oh yeah, yes. I thought you were gonna oh move my God, off of it. No. <laughs> Like, no, I will be back right? myself. No. Oh, let me add the okay. point to oh, Destin's. Oh, no. That's Here okay. Ryan, let me first guess myself. Yes, Miranda 2, Destin 2. Done. All right. Okay. That's so, <laughs> thank you to uh, our listener, Robert. Again, his gamertag if you want to make a new friend on Xbox Live. Captain Blueys, two separate words, B-L-U-E-Y. He's from Sydney. Great job on that one, Robert. You uh, you really made the panel sweat. And Ugh. Destin, congrats on that point. We will play again next week. And you can, by the way, send in your trivia questions. I always need good ones. I, I barely get a, a more than a more a more than a couple of weeks. So send in your good Xbox trivia questions to unlocked at ign.com. Include the question. Include four multiple choice answers. Please note the correct uh, correct answer in your email. And don't forget your name. We're time. Uh, we got to get out of here now, though. I am Ryan McCaffrey. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Miranda, you want to give yourself you a find, plug? Yeah, you can find me at Havoc Bros. And it's Havoc with the K. Please check out our guides. And if you are interested in streams, I'm starting Catherine tonight, the classic one. Oh. I've never played it. You never played Catherine? No. I, this has been on my list for many years. Lots so. of drama. You're gonna. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Drama. That's all I got. Stella? Uh, you can find me at Parallax Stella everywhere. I'm usually playing FPS games on stream after uh, work, of course. Uh, but this weekend, for uh, in light of Valentine's Day, I guess, I'm, I am running a one-shot, D&D one-shot that I wrote myself, and I'm very happy about that. It'll be hosted on my channel on the 12th at 2 p.m. PST. It features guests like Blessing from Kind of Funny, um, Harley, uh, Kaden Jensen from uh, Rooster Teeth, and uh, uh, Becca Godsey. So, yes, very excited for that. Oh, that's fun. It's awesome. That'll be good. Yeah. Destin, take us home. Yeah, uh, I actually, for IGN, I'm working on a bunch of stuff for the Steam Deck. I'm allowed to say that I have it and that you can expect to see more soon. <laughs> I think that's, that's all I'm allowed to say, <laughs> which is weird embargo things. But yeah, so I'm really, <laughs> really excited about that and sharing more with you on that topic. Uh, of course, you know, 
I do the YouTube thing. You can watch me over at YouTube, the Destin channel. You can order my cookies at the Gary Baker if you want some cookies. Miranda's getting some pretty soon. So very, very happy that most people seem to really like them. So uh, that's that's my like my wife and I still, are doing that. Together, still, uh, so. still California only for now, Destin. For now, I'm kind of scared to, to go. There's so much interest, uh, like U.S. wide, that I'm a little scared because the last amount of orders was a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> yay! Yeah, yeah right. it's a good well, problem we'll to have, forward. right? Yeah, we'll look forward to Destin's final show here in a couple months. After <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? to become a cookie yeah. mogul. Yeah. Um, but hey, whatever makes you happy, my friend. So, uh, for Destin, Miranda, Stella, and our super producer Kate, I'm Ryan. This was Podcast Unlocked, episode 530. We'll see you again next week. IGN Fan Fest, a massive event celebrating the biggest names in games and entertainment, and it's all powered by you, the fans. All right! Join us for exclusive new looks and deep dives on the most exciting things you can't wait for this year. It's got goosebumps. Brand new gameplay, sneak peeks, stars, and your biggest questions answered. IGN FanFest kicks off on February 19th at 11 a.m. Pacific, so don't miss a second of it. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.